two-day rally was nice. Prospects for a three-day rally. Not lot, not looking good right now. Maybe you want to blame Micron a little bit. Not a good report hitting the chip sector. Value stocks continue to rally. The weak get weaker. The strong get stronger. We're going to talk to Mark Chaykin today. He'll be making his final appearance of 2022. We'll see what he has on the radar. The battle for 3,900 rages on. Triple D is busy, but he's ready to go to give some commentary on the markets. Let's crank it up, Mitch. This is pre-market prep. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joe Alconin. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, folks, I hope it's not true, but we may have a double top in here. 1875, yesterday's high, 1975, that's the glowback side. We're trading down seven and a quarter handles at 38.98. As I said, the battle for 3,900 rages on. Uh, this is called the buck flat at 103.86. You have uh, you have the uh, U.S. bond futures, three-year futures trading up 10.30 seconds, 128.15. Kind of good support under 128 there for you bond traders. Uh, crude ripping again. Uh, this fourth up day in a row, working its back way towards 80 bucks. Uh, gold quiet up 210 at 1827.50. Silver down 16 cents at 24.03. And Bitcoin is just not moving. The futures are up $45 at $16,780. let us bring in Triple D and Money Mitch. How you guys doing? Triple D? Uh, I screwed gonna... up my hedging. I don't know what I, I was could... thinking last night, but I screwed up my hedging here, and I'm trying to like – the market was way up, but I could have just shorted so much more SPY, and I don't know how I didn't catch my beta right. Anyways, I'm actually long. And I shouldn't be long. I wanted to be short. So I don't know what I was doing. Why last were they night, bidding it up? I mean, why was that? I, I noticed that too. They had a they had a bid after the close. They they had the micron. Well, why they bid it up yesterday, Joel? Right. No, I'm, I'm talking about the after hours. We're over we're oversold. That's the only reason for a bid. The only reason, the absolutely only reason, and you can tell them in a bad mood, the absolutely only reason to be buying these stocks, <laughs> they're oversold. There's no fundamental reason to be buying these stocks. That Micron report was an epic disaster. Full disclosure, still long, the little half chunk of Micron, which is a piece of garbage. But that Micron report was absolute garbage. And they tried to shrug it off last night. They're trying like, nah, we don't care. You know, they don't give good commentary. Bad news for LRCX. Bad news for applied materials. Chips are all trading down on it. The Micron held up fairly well, and they're rallying the S&P. So I, I'm not the, the only reason to buy anything is not good fundamental information really here. It's mostly just we think we're oversold and it's all priced in. That's pretty much the bulk of the bull thesis is we're oversold 
and the recession or any bad news is already priced in. There ain't really anything else, and that's why I stay on the bear train because I think it's going to get a hell of a lot worse. But this market's right now in holiday trade. This market's in, well, we well, we want to, you know, we don't want to miss the bottom. So there's a little bit of that mentality, but we're just simply oversold. So could we bounce for a week or two? Could Caterpillar break out and make a new all-time high? Sure. Does that mean that I want to own these things into 2023? Nope. So, I mean, why did we rally? Because we're oversold on a lot of stocks. Why did Caterpillar rally? Because they're just going into value names, exactly what we talked about, exactly what Raggy Horner talked about yesterday on the show. They're buying the value stocks and they're selling the the growth. But they, there's the rotation in the value. All the money managers are like, yep, we got to be in the value. Kramer's on there, rah, rah, dear, dear. You know, he's going to get caught, the deer caught in the headlights next year on that call. But right now, he's right now, rah, rah, dear, dear. I think that there's some potential move I said yesterday. Potential move is there for these stocks to rally into the end of the year as you get the window dressers. All the man and money managers saying, look how smart I am. I own Caterpillar and Deer, and I didn't own Tesla. Even though they did, but they want to get it out for the last <laughs> quarter. Seriously. That's, you know... Hey. What is Santa it? Claus? Is Santa Claus coming to town? It, it, and again, I tweeted it even yesterday. I said on the show, I think for the value stocks, yes. I think for some of these other beaten right. down stocks, no. So, but you know, has he already come to town a little bit here? And some of these names, we've had a good three, four day rally. We're bouncing back. Yeah, we have. So yep. when's the rug pull come? You know, officially, and obviously, you know, we we. we um, you know, Stock Traders Almanac says that it's the last Santa Claus rally. It occurs officially in the last five days of December and the first two days of January. That's mm-hmm. his official. But everybody calls it something else. So, yep. Hey, it's how it is. Um, we'll see if we can continue getting a rally. It wasn't a bad day yesterday at all. A lot of stocks into the green. But overall, the dollar slipping here. The worst year since 2008. Um, for the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ composite shedding around 38% and 40%. So overall, it hasn't been the best year, right? And it seems like there's some more tensions out there right now between... Mitch, t- before, you, before you go into that real quick, Dennis, I was... I, you know, the follow through the rally yesterday, I was specifically, when I'm talking about the extra premium... We closed the mark close in the S and P's was oh five seventy five, and and after that bad report from Micron, they bid it up another six seven handles. It, it's and, ridiculous. Yeah, that was, ridi- was ridiculous. And I was like, and I'm like, what am I missing here? Um, in the news, was there something out? And as it turned out, it uh, I don't know. Maybe someone just got caught, you know, short on a close, and they wanted to cover them. But and also that 4 p.m. close in the S and P, they keep uh, you know they keep changing it, and now it's the VWAP of the last 30. Oh seconds. gosh, I know. And it's so unrepresentative of like the true price actions. So uh it you know it irks you a little bit but it also could be opportunity but that's what i was referring to anyways mitch go ahead uh i know you want to you want to uh not break the news but uh give us the overnight news yeah overnight um we don't see the markets really getting affected too much but just keeping it in mind that the tension staying high between taiwan and china looks like taipei's defense ministry said that about 39 aircraft including 21 fighters four h6 bombers 
an anti-submarine and an aerial refueling aircraft entered the airspace identification zone over the last 24 hours. Taiwan scrambled combat jets to push back and warn. Um, looks like there has been no escalation from that. That's good news. But of course, we got to still keep this in mind that overall, there's still tensions between Taiwan and China. And at any moment, this could go and get worse. And so with that being in mind, it's kind of tough, tough as an investor to be looking into the markets bullish if this is still on the horizon. I, I think it's a tough bull case all around, but everybody else, you know, well, not everybody else, but you've got, you know, Kramer was saying yesterday that he thinks the recession is almost over. I'm like, I don't even think it started. But yeah, it's not not even yet, man. Well, well I don't know. Consumers Maybe I'm not wrong. in trouble yet. Maybe me and you are wrong, Mitch. Maybe this is just the best buying opportunity of all time. All these stars are going to go to all-time highs. Kathy's fund is going to go up 30-fold in the next 10 years. Bitcoin's going to go back to 100,000. We could be wrong. We don't have a crystal ball. But I just think the Fed doesn't lay off the gas if that stuff happens. And if this market wants the Fed to lay off the gas. For the market to go up, the market's going to have to stop caring about the Fed. Yep. That's what's going to happen. Not going to happen. And maybe everyone's right. wrong. The market maybe can everyone's do anything wrong. it wants. Maybe it can happen. But there's mm. just so many reasons not to own stocks. Don't so, fight the Fed, Especially man. when you got the Tina trade being dead. And you got alternatives here. That's true. And I, I think that's a, a, a very even important. Even Musk saying it. Even Musk, Musk is saying it, it right? Musk even, is even saying he's, he's like, oh, that must crap. be true now. Yeah, even Musk brought it up. Come on, the Tina trade, right? Well, let's get into Micron. Let's talk about that earnings oh, report. Yeah. Uh, EPS coming in here. Let me go ahead and pull up the charts. Uh, EPS at a loss of $0.04, cents, missed the loss of $0.01 cent estimate. Sales at $4.08 billion, missed the $4.12 billion estimate. They did uh, lower their adjusted EPS for Q2. Now the EPS looking at $0.72 cents on the low end, pretty much the bad side there because these are losses. And then fifty-two cent loss there on the high end. The, the estimate was thirty cent loss. So you can see not going in the right direction, right? Estimate at thirty cent loss for Q2. Now they're looking at even a high of seventy-two cent loss there. That's not looking good there. They also brought down their revenue outlook. The high end gets above their estimate, but the low end uh, below that estimate there. They also mentioned under their restructuring plan, they're expecting to reduce their headcount by approximately 10%. Definitely not things you want to be hearing here from Micron. Welcome to Cyclical Earnings 101. When you're all jumping in and saying, how can you go wrong in Nucor? And how can you go wrong in US Steel? And how can you go wrong in these home builders when they're trading four times earnings? Micron last year was trading five times earnings. Now it's trading infinitely because it's not making money now. Cyclical earnings. Not saying Micron's you know, going to zero. Just saying it's cyclical. It goes with it. Economy goes into recession. Economy chips going downturn. You see Micron earnings go negative. You can see that happen in all of these apparently cheap home builders and steel stocks too. That could happen if we really start to get ugly. So there's cyclical earnings that are going like this like a roller coaster. So now you're at this and you're like, well, run out to the five or six times earnings. Now it's like losing money, so there's no PE at all. So, I mean, you've got to be careful in some of these apparent value stocks that they aren't value traps. Micron's been absolutely a value trap. I am caught, and I still have the small piece, which unbelievably I didn't get out of. Back on, on May the 9th when I had the rally, Joel, 
I threw an order out there to sell my Remember. Micron at 64.65 because I thought there was resistance up at 65. It got to 64.44, and I didn't get out. I missed it by 20 cents. <sighs> and it, and then the next day they warned. So I was like, well, the problem is too, like I'm trading, so I'm not looking at my long-term investment. Yeah, you're not now. stressing about I'm that. not looking at my long-term investment because right. I don't even know I didn't get it. And then I looked that night and I'm like, oh, it came within like a nickel of me. And it's, it closed that day at like 63.50 or something. I'm like, I'll just sell it the next day and just get out of it. And it actually warns the next day, just randomly warrants. And I was that. like, are you kidding me? And, and then it goes down to 58 bucks and I'm like, deer caught in the headlights. So unbelievable, you know, that I didn't get out of that. Um, the, but the take you know, your money and run market. I mean, yeah, but it, like it, again, and I had the order out there to do that, Mitch. I just threw it at my levels. You know, yeah, no, you can't do nothing about getting, that. It's coming up to your price. You're getting it, and then you look. You didn't get it, and sometimes you know, if I don't get like a longer term trade, I don't look at it during the day. I look at it at night. I was oh, I didn't get filled. Sometimes I'll just sell at the open the next day. Yeah, I, I get in the same sell. mode. It Dennis. was written on my sheet, sell micron, and then they warn, and it dropped seven bucks. And then I'm like, yeah. I don't even know what to do now. Deer caught in the headlights not long term. I should have obviously took the loss and ace sold at 58 because now it's a 49 and now I'm eating it. So, you know, sometimes those things don't work out. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We're, I mean, really, the only thing you can talk about here, Micron. I, first of all, I don't know why it popped over 52 on that. Um, there were multiple uh, la- uh, levels of that area. We talked about that at the close as a potential area. I don't know why they popped it up over 52. But what else can you focus on besides the low of the move, the low of the year at 48.45? Uh, you know, you've had, uh, you know, a steady sellers here this morning. You let that's the only support that you have um, in the stock. Your next monthly low comes in at 46.50. And there's anything we learned this year is when stocks take out a new monthly low and you're looking for support. It usually goes to the next monthly low yep. and, you know, okay, well, it undercut, for, you know, 48, you know, 48, 45, oh, 48's going to be the bottom. So let's see. That's what the bulls have to do. They got to defend that 48, 45 coming back on the upside. Uh, if so, you can wiggle out at uh, 50, 75. Uh, that was the bottom of yesterday's range. And I just want to just go real quick back to FDX from yesterday. Uh, you know, Dennis, you, you talked about that level 180. They sold it off the open. They brought it in. It went in, and I, and I wrote this up as the stock of the day. And I'm like, well, it probably found support well ahead of the top of the previous day's range. It filled the gap on that after coming in. So there were strong sellers out here. Um, so that could happen if you're if you're looking to wiggle out. You get a you know rogue buyer off the open. You may see the bottom of yesterday's range, but uh, forty-eight, still in the seller at market, Joel. We're just yeah. in a yeah. take the money and run market. It is literally the Steve Miller band market. Take the money and run. When you <laughs> oh, get the I money, take the money and run because eventually they seem to come for and, it and come take it out. from you. They if do, you, man. If you take wait too the long. money and run. That's what this market is. Take the gains while you got them, because if you don't take the gains, the market will take them away from you. That is what a bear market is all about. Take the money and run. All right, let's get out of our charts. Let's get into our interview today. You guys know who it is. Let's bring them on. Mark Chaikin. Love all these intros. Oh, yeah. Let's get it started. Welcome to the show, Mark. How we doing? 
We're doing great. New look for the new year. No more coats and ties. We've got the power turtleneck look. Nice. I see you. I see yeah, you. Apple's going to be jealous. Let's just say that. Yeah, and, and uh, Holmes, whatever, she, who mimics Steve Jobs, <laughs> now in jail. Uh, I concur, but I would go further than say sell the rips. I think you got to get these tech stocks out of your portfolio at all mm. costs. There, there's another leg down and you've had good rallies in NVIDIA, less so in AMD. Uh, I think you've got to take advantage of it. Take some tax losses. If you had gains this year, it's important to take that money off the table, in my view, as we head into 2023. I mean, it's just been such an interesting year. And, you know, to that nature, some of these sell-offs, like you know, Kathy stocks, were probably predictable. But some of these ridiculous, relentless rallies were in certain value names were maybe not. I mean, what happens come the turn of the calendar? You know, we, let's, let's forget about the rest of this year because it appears it's just doing more of the same. Do we see the January effect come into some of these beaten down names? Do we see a relief pop as the tax loss selling abates? Or do you, you know, see discontinuation, you know, in selling those names? And what happens with some of these value stocks like Caterpillar and Deer that are sitting up near the highs? Does that continue into January or does that trade reverse? Because sometimes January reverses trades. Yep. What are your thoughts here, Mark? Well, A, I don't think you're going to see the small cap effect, which is what you're talking about, uh, because the economy is so... Um, shaky uh, in spite of what we saw from nike and fedex yesterday so I, I i normally love to play that january effect in stocks that i like with bullish fundamentals that have been beaten down with tax selling but yeah. I, I don't think this is the year to do that because i think we've got another leg down in the market in in the first quarter so i think that strategy is not appropriate this year uh I, I was just looking at Deer and Caterpillar and Chaken Analytics, and I had the same thought. You know, I'm looking for what sectors of the market are likely to do well. And so I, I, I do gravitate because I'm a relative strength, yeah. power gauge kind of guy. Mm -hmm. And healthcare and industrials have been strong. And so when you drill down in industrials, you see Caterpillar and Deer immediately with bullish power gauge ratings, plus some of the aerospace stocks, which make a little more expense sense given you know the military spend that's going to be going on the the perspective here i would give you is that in 2000 to 2002 as the tech bubble uh, the internet bubble was bursting small cap value stocks were in a bull market as we were going down for two years if you look at um, some of the small cap value mutual funds like chuck royce's small cap value fund big 30 and 40% gains over that two-year period, a little bit of capitulation as we made the final low in late 2002. So it is possible that value stocks, quote unquote, could you know, levitate with the market going lower. I just don't know if it's deer and caterpillar that are going to do that. I like your drug stocks. Maybe talk them for a second. I've been on this show for the last few months just saying the drugs seem to be kind of the best place to be because the peas are not expensive in a recession people still got to buy their medicine they still buy their prescriptions so it's not that they're recession proof but they're going to do a hell of a lot better than some of these cyclical names during a recession they're not crazy expensive and the relative strength is good i i like the drugs do you think that trade continues in the new year 
I do. Uh, there's one in particular that we recommended about two weeks ago, GlaxoSmithKline, GSK. Yeah. And there you had the stock beaten down because of fears about their liability for the, from the Zantac lawsuits, class action suits. And it's got a bullish rating now in the power gauge. I like these kinds of setups because there's plenty of room to run on the upside. And basically the Florida court system throughout a whole slew of thousands of these suits. The, the whole caseload is still on the docket, but it's now clear that the 20 billion in market, 25 billion in market cap that was knocked off SmithKline uh, was a big, big overreaction. So uh, you've got a nice pullback. The spike there, that candle is when the suit was dismissed. And clearly that was on uh, analyst minds. So this is a great, uh, biotech healthcare company. Uh, they've sold off their um, consumer goods. And so they're focusing on biotech. And I, this is the type of name I would be looking for if you want to have equity exposure. And healthcare is a hybrid. It's a growth and a defensive sector. Uh, full disclosure, I actually did buy this name in my long-term account three days ago. So you're reading my mind here, Mark. Oh, my God. Well, um, it's, it's because I've been listening to Neil Young. I've been listening it's to funny Neil that Young you mention extensively. That. I've been meaning to mention this one. I just never got around to it. So we don't I've talk been trying about to rotate into more drug yeah. stocks from tech to drugs. And I, I saw the big spike up there on the news that you're talking about, Mark. And then it's come all the way back down. You know how I like that trade, Joel, when you get good news. Oh, yeah. Then it comes all the way back down to where it was. And I'm like, wow, I like this a hell of a lot better than, you know, before. It has a 4.61% dividend. I want to be long drugs. And I agree. I don't think it's going to have the exposure, these lawsuits, as we once feared. So not that it's completely safe, but I think it's safer than it was. And I think I still want drug exposure. So this is one I did pick up. Excellent. Well, yeah, the reason I'm reading your mind is I've been listening to Neil Young a lot lately. So it's the Canadian, <laughs> it's the Canadian connection. I'm, I'm hooked on Neil Young. Really? What song are you listening to? I'm listening to Harvest Moon and all the other good all stuff. All good choices. Yeah. Great artist. Oh, Mark, were you, at, were you at Woodstock? No, I, I had a, st uh, a step. My wife had a stepbrother who was at uh, Woodstock. I got caught in traffic on the way there. I had to turn around. Before but, the rains. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, who did you but, go to see, Joe? I was there mentally. <laughs> I, was, I was five, Mark. I, I always use that joke. Oh, okay. I was five, four or five <laughs> at Woodstock. My parents wouldn't let me go, maybe go to kindergarten. Uh, but, uh, Mark, I just want to ask you, you know, we got to talk about the elephant in the room, Jerome Powell, uh, interest Big rates. And, uh, you know, I... I've noticed a rally in the bond market, in the 30-year bond. I've noticed a rally in the in the TLT. They are substantially off their lows. Um, you know, what is that an indication to you that uh, at least some investors are thinking that they're and I, I don't want to say a pivot and maybe a pause, but that, you know, or is this just a dead cat bounce in the in the bonds and the TLT? Because they have had a substantial move off their October lows. A lot of macro, smart macro um, strategists who, you know, increasingly get much more coverage on the Internet so that, you know, the general public knows more about the macro picture from intelligent people, informed people than they ever did, are saying that the long bond is the place to be. You know, that if we go into a recession, 
you want to be in the long bond. And I, I don't have an opinion on that. I, okay. my sense, interest rates are going to keep going up till we hit, you know, roughly that 5% exit target, five, five and a quarter. Uh, but I think the key here is to not be focusing as much on interest rates and inflation because clearly inflation's down, but that's yesterday's news. We're heading into the second phase, which is the earnings-driven phase of the bear market. And that's what um, you guys were discussing relative to Micron. Uh, analyst estimates are coming down. They're going to continue to come down. First quarter guidance is likely to be piss poor, to use a technical term. Technical term. And, you know, that that's the other shoe that's likely to drop. Now, Mike Wilson has been banging that drum at Morgan Stanley for a heck of a long time. But yeah. and now Goldman Sachs is, has joined in. But they're right. Uh, in terms of where the market could go based on not just $200 in consensus estimates for the S&P down from 230 but you know 195 190 which is the worst case scenario at uh, at Goldman you know so if you put a 15 multiple on on those kinds of earnings which is entirely likely at the bottom of a bear market you've got serious downside risk in the market uh, whether we get there or not remains to be seen. I, I think it's at least 50-50 that we break the old lows and get down into 3,200 range. Whether we break 3,000, it would be more of a disaster scenario. Right. Remember, the average bear market, 34% down from 4,800, that gives you 3,200. And that's the average. There have been three bear markets in history down 50%. And that's your worst. That's and your and worst those bear markets scenario. that were down 50 were the ones that were come after so much excess, you know, so much, you know, like after the tech bubble where, you know, Greenspan, the famous irrational exuberance, you know, and the stocks continued for three years after yeah. that. I mean, we had more of the same in 2020 and 2021. We've had excess. We've had, you know, a pandemic that they just threw money at, you know, printing, you know, trillions yeah. and trillions of dollars to solve the problem. I mean, is you know i see the connection there it's not absurd to think that this market could have a really ugly 2023 well i think first quarter of 2023 i still believe that the um the pattern of the um first uh year after the midterm being strong is likely to surface i just don't know how it's going to evolve but okay. i am right now i'm thinking that the low will be made in the first quarter and if, if that's the case it's going to probably not be the worst case scenario of three thousand. it might be 3200 mark i like that scenario there too and one i don't know if i've said it laid it all out on this show but i said you know i don't want to own stocks in the first quarter of 2023 what i think is going to happen is i think the economy is going to start and the data is going to start falling off a cliff here i think inflation is actually going to start to come in i think they're going to hit stocks in the first quarter when they start to see that hey all of a sudden people are spending a little bit less i think they're going to spend through the christmas season they find money but i think come january they'll be like a little tighter for bills i think the spending starts to slow so you get to that february march and people are slowing down a little bit data starts to look a little bit worse and then if we get to a spot where the economy really starts to dip south then they are going to stop raising rates. And then they are going to start talking about pivot. And that could be the next leg up for the bull market. So I think I'm just going to follow the Fed. And until they start to actually talk about, hey, we may be needing to cut rates soon because this data is starting to go, that's going to be my green light to buy stocks. Well, in the it's unlikely to be different this time category. I agree with you with one caveat. And we've documented this in our recent market letters. No bear market 
over 100 years has ended until the Fed actually lowers rates. So you'd even wait, not even until they start talking about it. You would wait until exactly. they actually the do pivot. it. The pivot. Until the, the pivot. real pivot happens. The real yeah, one. A redefined one. pivot. Not, and not they say, oh, they stop raising rates to get a pivot. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's based on history. Uh, it could be different this time, but John Templeton said those are the four most dangerous words in the stock market. This time will be different. Exactly. We don't and want to so, be stuck in right that. Now in this market is you know, but anything's market. possible, but I don't want to be a two-handed economist here on Let, the one hand. On the other hand, that's the real risk in the market. Let's it's look different. at um, something that might be potentially positive next year. What do you think about renewable energies, especially oh, solar? Oh, we just hit GDP, What happened? Guys. What happened? Yeah, Thanks to the chat who warned me, and I actually got my uh, I, I tried to get my question in. <laughs> yeah, we. I knew the GDP was coming up. We usually don't move off to GDP. So yeah, what do you got for I'm us, looking Mitch? For right now, uh, are there uh, unemployment numbers today? Four point, uh, 3.2 versus two point nine. That's actually good there, qu uh, quarter over quarter. Um, three point two versus two point nine. Prior was two point nine. Uh, that's pretty good. Over over the two point nine mark. Of course, we don't want to be seeing the market slow down. But remember, right now, good news is bad news. So, yep. who knows? This leaves room for the Fed to continue raising and hiking those rates and not wanting to slow down or go to that famous pivot, right? We're just even just yep. talking about slow down, let alone get towards the pivot. So if you guys are seeing that hit right there, 3.2 versus 2.9. And then if we look at initial jobless claims coming in here, 216,000 versus 222,000. Prior was 214. Uh, lower. Um, then the estimate there, not a good thing there for initial jobless claims. And, no, and, a, and again, I think, you know, the focus for traders and investors has to shift to earnings and away from inflation and, you know, business, uh, or the Fed rather. Clearly the Fed, the Fed's told you what they're going to do. They're going to keep hiking until they're not. And so I think if you focus on earnings, you've got a better shot at, finding winners in the market and avoiding the losers really critical to avoid the losers here. Mark, uh, you know, you have your, you have your indicators, you know, the taking analytics and um, you know, the other things that you closely follow. Uh, but there's, there's also this macro environment and um, it's, it's not good. And uh, how do you factor in? I mean, like all the discussions that we have with you, you know, we, you talk about the technicals, you talk about the fundamentals, you talk about the Fed. Um, we got some, you know, news over China, you know, China, Taiwan tensions overnight. I mean, how do you factor that into the equation? Or do you just try and say, okay, whatever's going to happen, the technicals will lead me to that? Or is there, you know, other, maybe some extra caution that you put towards your portfolios regarding that? Well, good question. The technicals are only what we talk about. The power gauge is 85% fundamental. Uh, and so the power gauge takes into account all the macro. So you talked about the home builders. Uh, in spite of the fact that the um, fundamentals look bad on the surface based on you know the, the reported numbers for the industry, they all have bullish power gauge ratings. Lenar has had a, which is my favorite in the group, has had a bullish power gauge rating for over five months. So that's the fundamentals. Those are the analysts and the people who vote with their money instead of their mouths, um, telling you what they think about 
home builders. Will they be right? I don't know. But the power gauge and the technicals are both bullish on you know, the quality home builders. So uh, again, this is the kind of market where you've got to avoid the headlines. You know, there's a lot of clickbait stories out there on when you get a home builder number like you got yesterday, just god awful 10th month in a row of declining new construction. The market will tell you where the, the money is voting. And right now they're voting for home builders, but the technicals will help you get out of those trades or positions if they break down. That's the beauty of the technicals. But the fundamentals are saying it's time to buy the home builders. And by the way, it's saying time to sell energy, which is unfortunate because we had such a nice run going in energy. But the energy stocks, there isn't one large cap energy stock with a bullish rating. Most of them have bearish ratings. So the market votes mm. every day in terms of what big money is doing and how they're assessing the macro picture, Joel. That, that's really the answer to your question. Okay. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not smart enough to know what's going on in China or Japan and how that affects the world. I mean, it's clear when Japan raised the ceiling on their long-term rates that a lot of, um, a lot of quant trades got blown up. But how that affects the individual investor is, is not really my game. I'm, I'm looking at the power gauge, and then through the power gauge, I can see what the fundamentals are. Okay. One more for you before I let you go. You uh, J.P. Morgan and the banks. J.P. Morgan has had a, just a tremendous run off that October low, uh, still down substantially for the year. And if you're looking at the monthly chart, you're saying, oh, man, there's a brick wall here. Uh, two monthly highs in the same area. Uh, recession, not good for banks. Uh, higher interest rates were supposed to help the banks, and maybe that filtered through in that rally. Uh, but it's just, it, it's hanging. I mean, it got up to one, 138 and change. We pulled back to, to 130. They do have the low PEs. I mean, that was a big, big move in October and November and December. I know it's given some of it back, like the rest of the market, but uh, what's your outlook for the financials, the big banks, J.P. Morgan, uh, Goldman Sachs still hanging on to those levels? Give us your outlook on that before we let you go. Well, uh, the power gauge is bullish on J.P. Morgan, and I would argue that this ABC correction you've just seen in the stock is, is pretty mild compared to the rest of the group, uh, compared to the rest of the market. So you know, I think it's fine to be in the big banks, the net interest margin, which is how they make their money. The difference between what they pay and what they lend out is going to be very favorable. Uh, you know, the, the banks themselves, Goldman, Morgan Stanley, the pure, you know, trading banks, M&A banks are cutting expenses. That tells you what you need to know, that they see tougher times ahead. But again, the money center banks, ex Wells Fargo, because that is just um, a nightmare. You know, in terms of I like getting... that. Uh, what is that? Um, George oh, Thorogood's that... calling you. Mark. Yeah, <laughs> it's actually the only guy Bad I know. Only guy That's I know Santa Claus. He's trying to come. Sorry about You're that. You're holding him down. That's right so away. Uh, All right, I, I like the banks. I like, like the banks. banks. All, All right, right. Mark. You know, banks, Our, financials in general, insurance stocks are really killing it. You know, buy insurance yeah. stocks on a pullback. <laughs> insurance stocks uh, have been killing it. They've been killing it. And so, you know, summing it up, 
healthcare, aerospace, if it ever pulls back, and financials. And I think that, and uh, by God, avoid yesterday's favorites. I My bearish stock of the year is Tesla, by the way. That's as of two mm. weeks ago when it was 200. I think I, would, I joined you in wow, that one on 200. I think Tesla's going to 50 at some point. Get wow. the whole thing back. Go full round trip it. Yep. I said 135, why? but man, what 50? I want to ask you why. That's a bold, um, bold price target. Why? I might. I, I don't. I think I might agree with you, but why? I think we've seen that that EVs have seen their day in the sun. Will mm-hmm. there be more EVs over the next 10 years? Yes, but there's going to be a lot more competition. I think Elon Musk is going to get caught in a series of margin calls. He's leveraged yeah. leveraged up to the hilt. And Twitter is is a major problem. I said that last April. I said mm. Twitter would be the undoing of Elon Musk, even before he closed the deal. But it, it specifically for Tesla, you know, stories are now surfacing about fires and how hard they are to put out. And I'll just give you an anecdote. Westport, Connecticut is a wealthy town near me, about 45 minutes away. The fire department of Westport has run over budget because they've spent so much money out putting out Tesla fires and they don't go out. They're burning three weeks later. <laughs> so, no, they, you know, this sounds Seriously. like conspiracy theory stuff. You go on a road and you see Teslas on flatbeds. Now, it's not just limited to Tesla. Bolts have done this. And, but the whole EV craze, if you will, is part of this ESG movement that may just blow up in you know, the latter part of the 2020s. And I don't know, but what I see is a stock that's under siege that, you know, and don't minimize the political stuff. I said a month ago that I think that left leaning or you could say more um, calmer voices would boycott Tesla, buying Tesla because of Elon Musk's clear right wing bent. And it's starting to happen. The message boards are filled with that. And there's a lot of alternatives out there. You can buy a great BMW. You can buy a great yeah. Cadillac uh, EV. I don't even it, think they look good, but that's just my personal opinion. Well, they look good until they, <laughs> until they uh, you know, get on fire. And there's, you know, go on the Internet and you'll see story after story of Tesla's burning and no yeah. way to put them out. And one other thing... Uh, Tesla's got something called Solar City sitting around, and supposedly. Oh, know, remember that? Yeah, I thought about that. Well, yeah, you know you what? Bailed that uh, out. Remember I, that? Yeah. I found a story that if a house gets on fire, now this I haven't verified, f- with a solar roof, that firemen won't go up and put the fire out because they're afraid of getting electrocuted on the roof. Well, that could make some sense. So, I, you know, this is all fun talk points, but. You're telling well, me there's a lot of reasons not to own the stock. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, you know, and where's Elon the positive? Musk, That's what Mark's saying. Who who do you want to follow? The uh, yeah. message boards or the master Elon Musk, who continually selling stock? He sold 3.6 billion stock. stock two weeks ago. Why is he doing it with the stock at a uh, 52-week low? It's not just for liquidity. He's selling it to Kathy. Uh, yeah, he's only to anybody. <laughs> don't, don't, get don't get him started on that. Don't get him started on that. By the way, my second worst stock of the year is Amazon. 
Yeah. Now, I don't think You're Amazon. You're going against J.P. Morgan. I'm going against exactly. I love that. Um, <laughs> and against me, I have a half size position in Amazon, which I don't. Well, actually, my wife does. I don't. <laughs> it's the wife. Don't worry, Dan. I also have a trading at, position. Take too, a look right? at a weekly chart. There's an incredible head and shoulders on Amazon that counts way down. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Mark, we're going to wrap things up. Your last yep. appearance of the year here in uh, the year guys. it's been, 2022. Yep. Uh, you know, it's good to have a, a Wall Street veteran uh, like yourself on the show that's seen the sure. ups and downs of the markets yep. and uh, could give us a macro and a, um, a tech, technological, you know, technical uh, outlook on things. And uh, we'll begin getting to see more of you in the new year. Thanks a lot, Mark. Thank you. Happy and a healthy new year and Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah and uh, Kwanzaa. Okay. Enjoy it all. <laughs> Have it a good all. one, Mark. Yeah, cover Take it care. All. Be well, guys. Happy Thanks, new year. Mark. Have a good one. All right. Let's get towards the markets. What are we seeing there? Yeah, we're we leaking. We're leaking. Holy, Triple D, are you the getting... with no warrant on the GDP. Thanks to whoever uh, was that in the that chat. Was... We I should go back it. and scroll back and we got to give him a Benzinga Pro gift card or something because somebody warned me in the chat. It's a GDP, like about 30 seconds. Daddy GDP is coming up. Somebody said it. I'm like, oh, my goodness. I totally. I, I, I was trying to get my I told, question. I told, in I told, so I we were talking to the GDP, market. I totally but... missed the time. And I'm like, cancel all. Cancel all. And I got out of there and I would have got picked off. Yeah, I mean, it's just a, a matter of uh, we were talking at that point in time and I yeah, was up I wasn't on my. Either. Yeah, I, I, I was going to ask a question there, literally Dennis? right at the right at the spot uh, where Dennis stopped trying. talking. It's still to be determined. Are you going to end up with that red signal at the end of the at, at the end of, at ten o'clock? Am I going to be red at the end of the day? I don't think yeah. I'll be red. Okay, all right. I don't, I'm not buried. I'm I'm a little bit. I was I should have been <laughs> short more. I just screwed up my. So okay, when I'm doing like the index arb, you got to do your your beta hedging to a certain extent. So I'm not just buying all 500 and selling the S and P. So, you know, certain things you got to like estimate a little bit. There's a little bit. And when you're doing after hours, half the components aren't open. So that's why the high frequency traders don't do it as much because you know, a lot of stuff's not. They still do it, but a lot of them back off. So they can't do it clean. So, you know, and I do it. And, you know, obviously I'm getting, um, you know, I just had my beta off a little bit there. And I'm like, I, I was like, I actually was hoping for a market to go down. It goes down. I'm like, how am I losing money? I was, I screwed up my beta hedging. So anyways, it is what it is. You know, we've talked about that kind of stuff, you know, in our educational events, people don't want to talk about index arbitrage. I want to talk about whether the stocks are going You do it down, all in so. your head though, right? I mean, you'd look yeah, at Yeah. And, and, and it's funny. Deep. I talked with another trader at Bright Trading who's done the index arb for years. And he's like, we need like a better system for it. You know, like, and, and I, I've just always done, I'm a field trader. So I'm like, I guess sorry's done it this way. You know, I do it all. And I got a feel for it. And obviously I know if I'm long AMD, I need to be short usually twice as many Qs because it's betas two, two. So, you know, it's just feel. As I put the positions in, I kind of know what I need to short and what I need to do to be against. I like to trade market neutral. I will take an opinion. Sometimes I will say I think we're going up and I'll stay a little bit long or stay a little bit short if I think we're going down. But, you know, overall here, it's still just, and again, as we continue to leak here, <laughs> I'm looking for more bids to hit. But this uh, this market here is, you know, challenging to say the least. And when you get the data coming out GDP, you know you're going to have a big move. So you don't want to be sitting out there and get picked off. Well, I can at least say that it uh, doesn't look like Santa's coming right now. Hopefully, we'll get a little turnaround here. But it was looking good yesterday. 
It was actually looking I good. I think he's still calling for the value names. I think there's still a good chance a lot of these value names do continue to, you know, see the Santa Claus rally. Again, bearish on deer again? Uh, not touch January 1. January not 1. to January 1st. I got yeah. you. Yeah, New the Year's. value names, I'm probably, I'm, I'm anticipating that I might actually take short positions in some of the some of the really high flyers January mm-hmm. 1. Because you do see time times Like turn. a honeywell. And, and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. <laughs> I mean, don't get married to a trade, especially when you're shorting stocks. You can't get married and say, well, yeah, you know, <laughs> this will come around. You know, and when you're wrong, you're wrong. So eat the losses, you know. And like people are making fun of me for the Netflix. You know, and yeah, sure, you know, my day trade, I basically sold the bottom on that thing on the day trade. But when you're wrong, you're wrong. And, you know, you have information come out. And you've got to move on. And as a, as a day trader, I cannot sit around and just hope for the thing to come back. My day trading account goes cash every single day at 10 a.m. It goes 100% cash every single day. So I'm like, that's just my rules. And then that's when I take a few hours off. So my long-term investment account is always on. If I have swing trades, which I don't really have hardly any on right now, those would stay on. But my day trading account always goes 100% cash at 10 a.m. And then I take a few hours off from 10 to, to 2. You know, I don't trade middle of the day because this is not a lot of inefficiencies. I like trading the news. I like trading inefficiencies. The high-frequency traders have the arbitrage perfect during the day, so there's no point to me doing index arb and trying to beat the high-frequency traders at it. So and anyways, that's, you know, my story. So if I'm like long a stock and it's killing me, I have no choice. I have rules. I have to sell it. Those are my rules. I do not break those rules. I go to cash at 10 a.m. Uh, AMC news here, and it's not good news at all, Mitch. Hit us up with What it. is AMC's news? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness here. Offering. Went down 23%. You know what? I was laughing, I, and I have to just laugh about this, guy. And apes going up. You want to know? Here? All right. Let's find out. Let's find out. Apes uh, going up, and AMC is going down. What is going on? Announced $110 million equity capital raise, $100 million debt for equity exchange, a proposed vote to convert AMC preferred equity units into amc common shares oh. oh my god dude how does the how did he get away with this? what is the management doing dude i i'm beyond i'm flabbergasted on this like yesterday we were even getting all these amc bots it was hilarious we were cracking up on live trading because no lie it was like 20 of them in the chat oh my god just trying to pump That's amc insane. And it's crazy today. It just gets plowed. It's just- 68 cents, Joel. Looks like it's going on the path to zero. And AMC is five bucks. And they're proposing to turn the ape into AMC. So you're going to see the herbs just going like this, trying to close that spread. Close that spread. How can they do that? They how, can do whatever I'm, they want. They run the I'm company. I'm telling you, man, just- this is the worst, the worst run management well, actually, company ever. It's not that bad ever. run. Mitch, considering how much money they raised well, at both I mean, they're prices. Just, it has they're lost just, a lot of people a lot of money, but the management, oh, man. Let, let's be honest, you know, who made all the money? Who's made, you know, he sold yeah. a lot of stock. What's the CEO's name? I forget his name now. Adam Aaron. Adam Aaron. He did uh-huh. pretty good. Adam's done pretty good on all this. He sold a lot of stock up there in the 20s and the 30s. He sold a lot of stock. This Adam's done pretty good for himself. Yeah, Some of the Adam, management's been selling stocks. Adam has a, a, a good bucks. finger between the hands here. Let's just say that. I cannot Can't They're proposing. Them. Look how quick the ARB's bringing in. APE yeah, is up quick. 114% on this. AMC is down 25% on this now. They're trying. Now, I don't think it's going to close right up, but holy, from 68 cents to a buck 45 and AMC, they, the arbitrage traders are buying the ape and they're selling the AMC. That's what's happening in real time here right now. Yep. 
We wow. are leaking big time here, folks. Uh, we are. They didn't like down. Adam Aaron's idea. Yeah, well, they didn't like <laughs> that does? high GDP number. Uh, we're coming back down to uh, the the intraday low from yesterday, so you can figure where that's at in the spider. Your intraday low in the S and P is seventy fifty. Current low seventy one seventy five. So basically, the whole day's work from yesterday. Kaplui, it's out the door here. S&Ps are down uh, 31 and three quarters handles. And uh, boy, oh boy, arms are probably getting twisted in that, Dennis, on the AMC Ape on that. That's just... Well, uh, some people had the preferred on long against it. So some people would actually like that. I remember there was some hedge fund manager that was buying the preferred and short in the AMC against it. So that trade is actually working very well here today. It hasn't been working at all, and it looked like this APE, and I don't follow the story closely enough to even know what the hell the AMC preferred is entitled to, and obviously now they're trying to make it into a common share. So that's yeah, the good news. I mean, that's what lit. you want to see if you're APE and you see AMC trade up at 5 bucks and the preferred is at 68 cents. You're like, that yeah, sounds pretty you, good to me. <laughs> what happens when you bought APE and you bought it at $6? Yeah, well, and obviously you hope you short AMC against it. You hope you were short AMC against it. What there was a... plenty, plenty of AMC investors, Dennis, that were fooled by Aaron. I listened to that earnings call. He was like, "Ape is so great for you guys. It's amazing. It's the best thing there ever." There was a lot of promotion in there, eh? Yeah, so much, uh, so much, and that's what I don't like to see from CEOs. Don't just straight no, up lie to me. No, like that's just to me is a straight up lie. Like. It's tough. I, I really almost feel bad for AMC investors. That's that's the way it's gotten to. I feel bad for them. Um, yeah, I, I we don't want to see anybody lose money. We've given warnings on this show for a long time. You know, when AMC was trading at fifty dollars, I said eventually I thought it was going to ten. Um, it's three bucks now. So yeah. I was absolutely correct on this. Hopefully some people listen to the show. Hopefully some people sold at fifty or forty or thirty or twenty. We've hated the stock. Is it a zero? Might be. Um, I'm not going to say it on the show. I mean, I, once the stock's going under three bucks, you know, they're just call yeah, options at that point there. in time. Is DME getting a hit on this? Yeah. I'm not sure. I think it's a zero, but it's definitely was never, it never belonged up at 50 or 60 or $70 or 40 or 30 or 20 or 10. So it's back to where it belongs in the single digits. And unfortunately, a lot of people got caught up in the story. China, you know, we're going to squeeze the shorts, and who ended up getting it squeezed in the end were the longs. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Let's just with talk that about story. the fallout that here. That story the... ended badly. All of the stocks, the same thing. Uh, all the Reddit stocks, not all of them, not 100% Reddit. People hate me for saying that. They'll probably try to come, we're going to get this guy, you know, like they were you know, tweeting out before. But I'm just saying a lot of these stocks were talked about in social media, in Reddit, in Discord, on Twitter, were just stories and hype. And hype works in a bull market. It gets slaughtered in a bear market, and that's what's happened. Uh, let's talk about the fallout from the Micron earnings because this mm -hmm. is having a, a negative impact on other issues. Uh, we're getting questions here about NVIDIA. That's getting hit. Uh, I could say the potential good news here is it hasn't taken out yesterday's low yet, so keep an eye on yesterday's low at 161.01. Yeah. If not, it lo looks like you got a nice drop to 158.52. Uh, coming back on the upside, at least the way the spoos and the markets are trading right now, I don't think you're going to have any shot at that closing price at 165.01. So the bulls have to step up at uh, at 161 here. I see.
Micron is still leaked, got into the 49 handle. That's going to be your driver, the low of the move, and Micron's been 48.45. AMD is probably taking a hit along with this too, right? Uh, AMD, ah, you're still above yesterday's low here. So at least you know, on a, a relative strength basis, just from the interday low from yesterday, these things are holding up. But uh, we'll see what happens when the liquidity comes in in the regular session. Dennis, uh, uh, do you want uh, any other stocks in that uh, in that um, area you want to talk about? Like LRC, I'm just selling rallies or... and everything. Um, I'm just at that point. Like I said, I bought the GSK. You know, Mark brought it up. I'm kind of just reallocating. I'm trying to think what works. You know, I'm just analyzing my own what works in the first half of 2023 when I believe, and I might be wrong, but I believe we're going into a, a recession. What works? Drugs still kind of work. Cash works well. Tech, not so much. So selling tech on rallies, selling, you know, some of my bags on rallies if you get them. Um, and obviously, I already have a lot of cash. But, you know, so, you know, I was selling preferred stocks, too, because I still think, like, we're not lowering rates anytime soon. So why am I sitting around in these preferred stocks, any of these? And I sold most of them, but I had a couple legacy ones left. But I'm like, why am I sitting around this for like a 6% dividend when I go 5% in cash and then I don't have market risk? So it's just a Tina trade making me sell preferred stocks too. So like a PFF, people are saying 6.311%. That dividend, pretty good. Pretty nice dividend in a 0% environment. In a 5% environment or a 55 if we go to that. That's a great. Yeah. There's not... You're taking market risk. And what a preferred people may not know what preferred stocks. They're basically, you know, a, a hybrid between the equity and the stocks. They pay the fixed dividend. You're in it for the dividend. But in, in, in the case of bankruptcy, you are ahead of equity shareholders. And so nothing's going bankrupt here. I don't think that's happening. But why take market risk to pick up half a point? I take market risk to pick up two, three points. And that's why I wouldn't want to own any of the preferreds. I don't want to own any of the utilities. Now, that's right to the Tina trade. That's stuff I absolutely don't want to own. Because I don't think there's any point to take your market risk to pick up a point or two. I take market risk to pick up five, six, seven points, not to well, pick up a point or two. I think this leads into what about the risk in the used autos? What's going on? Oh. KMX, Car Max, soon to be Car Minimum. Because uh, we're going to have to change <laughs> that up there. Okay, you made me laugh on that one. <laughs> uh, let's take a look here. EPS, 24 cents, missing the 72 cent estimate. Sales at 6.5 billion, missed the 7.42 billion estimate. CarMax says it believes vehicle affordability challenges continue to impact unit sales performance. Headwinds, uh, of course, by inflationary pressures, climbing interest rates, and low consumer confidence affecting kmx and of course we've already seen this with the carvana seems like uh used cars is probably not where you want to be in right now um yeah no used cars but tough market um yeah so to your point you were saying it joel you know you're looking at this thing why would you want to be long this end of the report with what you've seen happen to carvana carmax Car is a completely different company i don't think carmax is going to zero i do believe carvana is going to zero so a uh, completely different company, but similar business, similar industry. So I don't know, making a new 52-week low, $51. People are probably Not worried. that many cars on the road, right, why, Joel? Why, why do I want to be a hero <laughs> and say today's the day they turn it around? So I'm out. Yeah, I'm out I wouldn't stand in front of this. Someone got a little overdone there, went to 4750 
on the decline. You had to uh, just straight down here. Now it looks like you got a you got a buyer uh, around fifty. When I when I see something bounce that much off the pre market low, you got to have some people thinking, man, maybe I missed the low for the day. Uh, really, nothing on the dailies here. Nothing on the monthlies here. The former monthly low was fifty four eighty five, so you could use that as resistance here. Um, so if you're trying to bring this in on the short side, or you're thinking of trying to build a long position, I would just, you know, I'd have those bids out there, you know, 50 and a half, see if you get any, a little bit more at 50, see if you get it, a little bit more at 49 and a half, see if you get it, a ton at 49, just as it comes down to the pre-market low, just because we've had that spike. You're talking about uh, if you're bringing that short? Yeah, yeah. Not yeah. long. No, no, a long, it'd, it'd be I don't know no, what you do you. if you got along, but uh, the rebound after you made the low, if you're looking for more on the upside, uh, rebound off that uh, low has been 52.71. That's your resistance for now, believe it or not. We'll see what we happens We just hit there. the intraday low from yesterday. I just want to alert our traders, investors, our intraday low, that's the low between 9.30 and 4, 4.15. That low was 38.70.50. We just hit 38.70, and we're trying to bounce here. Uh, so keep an eye on that. Uh, match the intraday low from yesterday. All those gains since 9.30 yesterday, see ya pretty quickly. What do you want to well, finish up with, Mitch? That's how it is right now. I mean, we'll have to wait and see if we can get any type of bounce. Of course, two bad numbers, GDP and the initial jobless claims. Good not numbers. Not going into direct. Numbers. Yeah. You, uh, well, I'll just say bad numbers because it, it, it makes it a little less confusing. But uh, at this point, now we need to start thinking. Right? I want to talk I mean, Boeing. What? Boeing's been Boeing. a, on, a, on a monster move. Yeah, because they all see air travel and they think, you know, the market's like, ah, people are still going to travel. Recession I don't think comes. it's that. I don't think it's about the travel. I think it's all about regulatory issues coming down with the 747 Max. That's just what I think yeah. it's on. I think. Yep. And so oh, they, I, I don't think that, that's enough. If that's the whole reason it's rallying, I would sell the stock. I think okay. it's still that they're the only basically company making planes. And you see that air travel is still pretty busy, if not you know really busy. They've talked mm -hmm. about it. I just think it slows down in 2023. I think when yeah. you start seeing the numbers slow down, I think Boeing will come down too. Boeing's probably going to be strong to the end of the year. Again, it's a stock that's outperformed here. It's a stock that is actually up on the year, incredibly enough. We're close to being up on the year. It's a stock that money managers want to say, hey, I was smart enough to own Boeing. I think 28 January, um, I think the stock turns. <clears throat> We'll see what happens. I would just it's traded down two bucks with the market. So when I see the high of the move like this yesterday, uh 196.40, the close was right there at 196. So it's only been there once, so I can't make it three-star resistance. I don't have anything with the monthlies uh to confirm that. But uh a lot of people that didn't sell it to close yesterday are probably hoping to see that close today. Uh your next monthly high is over 200 uh that comes in at uh 203.50 but you also got to think about that uh psychological uh uh resistance at uh, right at that nice round number of 200 uh nick what do you mean no show tomorrow of course there's going to be a show tomorrow with the the market there will open. be We're, i'll yeah, be out though i'll let you guys know i'm out i'm, I'm you're going officially out. out 
I'm, I'm, I'm jumping on the sled. I'm going to Christmas, man. This market can wait. This market can wait. Okay. Uh, well, that's good to know. Taking advantage of the snow? Yeah, man. Come on. We're supposed to get it. so. <clears throat> Mitch, I want to show something. Let's finish the show with this. And if you can yeah, find my Twitter account. Find my Twitter account. Show my weather I'm forecast coming, for the I'm next coming. three days. Let's do Just it. bring it up and show it, and then I'll discuss it. So I, oh, I, under the bus. I didn't warn about this, <laughs> but we're supposed to get so tonight. We're supposed to only get about six inches of snow, but then through Friday, we're what supposed to get another. What are you complaining about, 12. man? You're getting a white Christmas. Oh, it's already a white Christmas. It's already two feet on the ground, but we're, <laughs> we're supposed to get so. This is Georgian Bay. Fun, fun. <laughs> so, anyways, so you could see, yeah, two to six inches Thursday night. Then, then on Friday we're supposed to get another. Where do you live, dude? <laughs> <laughs> then on Saturday, we're supposed to get another 6 to 12 inches. And then on Sunday, another 6 to 12 inches. Well, so I'm what not is really that? good at math, but if that, you know, forecast holds, that sounds like three to four feet. Yo, Dennis, Dennis, Dennis is Santa your neighbor? Days. What's that? <laughs> is Santa your neighbor? You're pretty up north, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're up there. So you can see, did, you know, I'm you just ride, north uh, there. So um, do, do, you, do you have like the dogs? You have some sleds that can bring you around town? No, we're because... going to need them. The dog sleds. Yeah, yeah for sure. man. Get your peppermint stops. Because, All right, guys, I'm going to hop you know, out it's here. It's going to be a uh, mess. Keep an eye <laughs> on that inner day lull. Yeah, we'll that's, that's a joke. That's got to be low. a joke. That that forecast when my, my mom sent me that for the area because she's just down the, down the road. I was like, that's got to be a joke. I'm like, it can't be real. I'm like, is that real? I'm like, yeah, no, it's real. We're supposed right. to get like four feet of snow here in the next three days. Have, Have a good one, Joel. Stay Mitch, like, I'm going to pop out. Uh, Mitch, are you going to do at the close today with me? Heck yeah, we'll be there okay. at the All close. Right. Don't miss All it. All right, everyone. Have a good day. Uh, back with you later on. I agree. Yeah, uh, Triple D does live in the North Pole. I think everybody agrees. So cold. <laughs> he lives in the North Pole. So cold. <laughs> little do we know, he has little elves that are doing these arbitrage trades for him. Yeah. That's what we need. We need the elves, guys. We need the trading elves. Dennis, come on. Share those trading elves. I know you keep them in the basement. That's come a, on, man. That's the trading elves. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm have out. I'm going to have to get my snow shovel out. So it's going to start tonight. Go get that and shovel then, going. And even at the back of the forecast, they just get lazy and they just say relentless snow squalls can continue. Like <laughs> if you read that forecast, well, it's, it's like just they like just like market, they don't even right? know what to say at that point in time. It's just continuing. So I didn't even get Mondays. Maybe they didn't even bother with Mondays. Maybe it's going to snow here forever. Might just be <laughs> ten feet of snow by the end. There's already two feet on the ground. All right, I got to go. I gotta Have go a good one, Dennis. Don't fall off those roof, you Santa. Yeah. <laughs> See you guys. All right, getting Dennis out of here. We're going to wrap up and bring you guys over to Benzinga Live. You guys see it. Dennis is definitely, I got to get one of those trading elves. Uh, it's just how it goes. Uh, Dennis getting into his action. Joel over on pre-market prep. Now it's time for us to get over to Benzinga TV where we got live trading. Benzinga Live and Stock Market Movers. Don't miss a team on Stock Market Movers this week and next week. Is the focus of 2023. I'm going through and asking analysts, what are they thinking? What do they see? Yesterday, we had L Luke Lloyd, don't miss it, was a very good video. I'm actually going to be putting this out today. Again, if you guys missed it yesterday, I want you guys to catch this because this is into 2023, right? What's the outlook? Let's learn from the experts. Let's see what they're thinking about so that we can get our thinking and strategy right Going forward towards 2023, what are you looking at? Is it value? What's the Fed going to be doing? 
Where should we be paying attention? I'll see you guys in a little bit. Let's go over to live trading. And like always, check out all the content that we have right here on Benzinga to help you get ready for your 2023 year. All right, hit the like button and let's keep moving. Time to get over to some live trading action. Didn't do bad yesterday in the green. Let's see if we can get back into it. 